Welcome to the podcast of School Beyond Limitations. In this podcast, you will learn how to guide your child through their school life with intention to help them find their unique essence that will allow your daughter, your son to live a fulfilled and meaningful life. Hello everyone and welcome to this podcast of School Beyond Limitations. I'm very, very delighted to have another conversation with one of our facilitators uh, that is who is actually working from the United States and he's been working at School Beyond Limitations now for it's his third year and uh, we will be talking today about an important question which many people would like to find out a little bit more about and this is what do we do at school beyond limitations to bring the unique essence of each student into life welcome gary <laughs> thank you martina it's good to be here so gary uh you have been experiencing school beyond limitations now for a while and our blueprint is very clear right and uh, it seems easy but, uh, you know, to bring the unique essence of each student into life. Out of your experience, what would you say uh, do you do to make that happen? I think first, uh, listening and really finding out and staying curious about who students are now, what they're into, um, the things they want to share with you, you know, making space for them to be the ones kind of guiding the conversation whenever possible. And some students by nature just, just do this. Others maybe need to be nudged or have it modeled for them first before they feel comfortable, um, you know, opening up and showing what are their interests, what are their passions. Um, but always thinking about the, the student as the center Yes, there's interesting topics out in the world. Yes, there's things I would love for them to, to also love as much as I do. But that stuff is, is only useful if it seems likely to, to bring them out. Right? It's the, the student is the center, and I'm here to mostly just bear witness and watch them grow and suggest some, some things, maybe provoke their thinking a little bit. Um, obviously, teach them some skills directly, too. Of course, there is that as well based on what I see them needing, but um, trusting that once we have a good relationship, um, everything happens pretty naturally if, if we, if we kind of get out of the way. You know, the adults can be more trusting, I think, at our school that, you know, this person is already fine. They're already perfect the way they are, and we can help them find things that will bring their mind alive things that will you know, keep their hands busy. And, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of a trust that there's, there's already something in the student that will grow and will bloom. And, you know, we're there to mostly celebrate that uh, and, and not put too much stuff on them in terms of expectations uh, or preset curriculum demands uh, that might, not interest them or might shut them down or overwhelm them. So it's it's sometimes what we don't do that lets the blooming happen more than than what we do. But so I'm always conscious of that balance. Of, okay, you know, sort of leaning back, leaning in, how much to just 
let them be versus, okay, time to provoke, time to nudge, uh, or time to have a conversation about what's happening or not happening. But um, yeah, yeah that's what... Said, yeah, Gary, you just said something important. I think it's this kind of balance. Where do I come in, right? I'm also there to inspire them because of course I have more experience and I have more, maybe also more notions that I know. And I may be inspired by something and even, you know, by uh, sharing my inspiration, my stories with them, my knowledge with them, but by always listening to them as well. And you mentioned something important before, and this, this, this is this active listening, right? I actively listen to what my, um, respective other has to say you know and if i'm actively there and i summarize and this is what you know you are always doing and we always try to do summarize what they bring to the table so that a student sees that i hear i feel i connect with them and then i take it a step further right i actually help them to open up even more you know and you also mentioned something which um i believe is very important uh, to say again it's this trust aspect which comes from the knowing that we know that each person as you said is already kind of complete we just need to unravel we just need to be there to make sure uh, that they do not disconnect from themselves and that they see that there is another person there who actually is very attentive and just understands oh <laughs> you know yes and there maybe we we can talk about some examples here because mm -hmm. examples always help to understand even more you know what does this look like in real life when we allow a person to flourish, to come out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, even just a couple hours ago, uh, I was working with a student who, who shall remain nameless, who has made it clear that, uh, that math is, you know, is a terrible thing and, and humans should not have to suffer through doing math and they hate math. Okay, got it. So I was looking around for some puzzles that would push them to, to use their brain in a focused way in the same way that math does, uh, but that might be a little more digestible or approachable. And so uh, we had a puzzle going and it was pretty easy. And so I was waiting. I didn't say, hey, let's choose a harder one because then that's not a choice. It's a suggestion. So I waited and sure enough, for the next puzzle, they, they, they on their own chose a harder one. And Within a minute, I honestly was stuck. I was looking at it and I'm, okay, that adds up to 43. You know, I really didn't know how to solve it. And I'm I'm quite good at math. So I sat back and then uh, something clicked for me a few seconds later. So I said, oh, I just noticed something. And even just that kind of little uh, comment, you know, I, I think he was kind of mirroring it. And so he got a little more attentive and he noticed something that helped us. And then we were on our way, but he, he got it wrong. His first attempt when he pushed, you know, the button to check and see if the answer was right, it was wrong. And I thought, oh boy, you know, here we go. I'm going to hear a whole lot about how horrible math is. But instead it was kind of this 
this sort of determination that came out like, oh, wait, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to not get this right. And so it was a, a little bit of grit coming out. And what's interesting is that this would not have happened if I had not been riding along, riding alongside. And a couple of days ago, the student had told me it, it's easy, it's, it's easier for me to do math when you're there with me. Which I thought was interesting because I'm pretty careful about not supplying answers. You know, I'm not ruining the fun of just here. Here's what you need to do next. So I have to still think about, you know, what's in it? What's in it for him to have me there? I think I know, but I, I'm wondering now and I might chat with him next week about, hey, what's different for you when when I'm around for math versus it's just you? Mm -hmm. um, and maybe and there's just the moral support. I'm not exactly sure. But to me, it was it was a constant. OK, do I wait? You know, and in the end, it was 15 minutes to solve a problem that maybe another student would have been faster at. But that's not the point. The point is that this subject that this kid hates just gave them a big success when they eventually got it right. And we're very thrilled. And, and we're talking about how happy they were that they had stuck with it. So that's, to me, the, the bigger point. Yes, exactly. And that's um, the magic. Right, that's the magic that happens when the students realize one thing that came out uh, by listening to your story is that basically the student understands that you are learning together with him or her, whoever this is, right? So it's a an exploration phase for both of you. And it's not you only being the teacher and he the student, it's you are a team. And that already strengthens. And at the other, uh, on the other side, I think it's also, and this is what we preach at School Beyond Limitation, uh, Limitations, it's really the understanding that mathematics is beautiful. It's, it's an art. It's a language. Mathematics is something like, you know, English, like music. It's like putting things into patterns. And when the students then start to see that, you know, in the riddles or in whatever they do, you know, in the day to day life, then suddenly they realize, okay, it happened also to me, honestly speaking. Uh, I came across a student once who had this clear understanding mathematics is, I hate mathematics. I don't like it at all, you know, because it doesn't make any sense. It's not logical for them. It's a waste of time. And after not even a long time, I think it took only a few weeks, the, 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 the student realized the beauty that could be seen in the different patterns by doing simple things, by doing maybe going shopping, by, uh, by, 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 by uh, playing uh, games such as chess, you know, and stuff like that. And then the student turned around and became addicted kind of towards mathematical problems. And even then later on, I mean, I'm talking now really about a long time ago, and that student, what did he do? He studied mathematics at mm. university level. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's language. It's beautiful. It's, you know, so and if we see it from that uh, point of view. So I think maybe we could also go into that conversation, um, Gary. Um, what happens 
when we show students a different perspective in your view? <laughs> I think they I think for some of them, you know, school has been um, a lot of the same, you know, a lot of the, the way the courses have gone or the way the teachers have interacted with them has been, you know, pretty, a pretty narrow set of experiences. And so for me to, to, to be different from that, just in who I am and how I, how I teach, but also to, for, for me to consciously show different perspectives and to have to take on, honestly, me, myself having to take on different perspectives um, from the way I was teaching before. Um, I see a kind of uh, relaxing, a kind of reconnection, I guess, with, oh, I'm okay. And the way I think is okay. And the way I do things and learn is gonna be good enough. Um, which I think some students come to us, they arrive to us maybe feeling defeated or frustrated by how things went in, in, in other schools or, you know, the relationship, like, like I, I hate math and, and maybe nobody before had either taken that seriously and explored, okay, well, what about it? Is there any kind of math that you like, you know, it, or just a, a radically different approach to, to trying to teach it, knowing that maybe there is going to be something that that will spark between the student and the subject you know in that triangle of teacher student subject it's my job to continually be exposing them and, and helping them see there's a really interesting world out there and there's lots of interesting ways of measuring it or depicting it or questioning it or engaging with it um so you know as somebody who teaches multiple subjects i've been forced to switch hats um, <laughs> thinking like a poet one day and then a plumber the next day, and you know, and, and a cook and a, a historian. And so I think the the ability to also change their perspective on themselves um, and to maybe give themselves a break for things that are difficult that are difficult for them. Uh, you know, being aware that yes, perspective is something that people have influence over. You can kind of change your mind about a subject. You can change how you look at something. You can change how you see yourself and how you learn to talk about yourself uh, will also affect how you see yourself. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just some guy who meets these kids and sees what I see. Um, it's not like I'm some magician or something just because I'm a teacher, but yeah, being a little bit older, having kids of my own, I've, I've, I've seen the, the, val the value of shifting the perspective when it seems like we're we're stuck somewhere. Yeah. Mm. So to come um, shortly to an end, this conversation would never end. I think because there is so much we could say about it. But uh, what uh, we can say about what do we do at School Building Invitations in order to bring unique essence of each student into life is certainly uh, listening to them. Is certainly uh personalizing our approach is certainly for sure changing perspective is certainly building up trust 
relationship, what else would you say are we doing that helps this unique essence to be explored, which is already there, right? Because it's already there. And yeah, and, and I, I think we, we give them lots of opportunities to, to present and show off, you know, who they are, who they're becoming, what they're trying and what they're learning um, for their peers, right? What adults think is, you know, okay, it's kind of important, but what their peers think is really important to them. And so giving them opportunities to, to be leaders, to start a club or join a club, to present things at the, you know, the whole school assemblies that we have, the celebrations, um, you know, giving them a, a, a platform and audience, which I think is especially important with online school, you know, where they're not getting physical access to each other um, more than a few times a year when we meet face to face. So I, I would echo listening, you know, that, that first one that you listed there, that's really where it starts and, and where it ends. And you know, that's a huge part of it is really just being attentive to yeah, you know, what are they saying? How are they feeling? Um, what's their writing looking like, you know, listening in, in the holistic sense of taking in everything you can get from them and really thinking hard about, okay, what does this mean? And what, what needs to be next? Um, and how are they doing? And uh, listening to parents as well, when we, when we meet with them to talk about a student. So yeah, keeping that focus on, you know, what am I seeing? What am I hearing from them? And then I'll make my choices about what I present or what I suggest. Uh, rather than flipping it around and saying, well, here's the list of all the important stuff that I know is important. Now you come, you know, I'll drag you kicking and screaming to it, uh, whether you want it or not, kind of that the opposite of a, an approach that happens in some other places. How do you think, and then we really come to an end and we will have another conversation again, because I think these conversations are always so extremely fruitful and also empowering for ourselves also, isn't it? Um, if you, uh, I mean, you are facilitating, you are a facilitator at School Beyond Limitations. If you had your own child who still uh, were to go to school because your children are already beyond that level, uh, would you say this is a good choice for a student to, you know, to join School Beyond Limitations? What would you say? Yes, I think the, the the colleagues that I've gotten to know, um, I would love for them to be teaching my kids. Um, I think that would be a really special relationship um, to be uh, attended to, to be listened to, to be you know treasured for who you are. Um, even if sometimes your behavior is annoying, every kid does things that sometimes bother the adults in their life. But to have people who stick with you and trust you to 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 grow and develop that, you know, that's what I want my kids' teachers to do is to, to care about them. Yes, the subject matters as well. So whether it's art or English or math, so it's not that that stuff never needs to be talked about, but I, I wanna feel like this person really cares to know who my kid is, what makes them tick um, and thinks about them as a whole person, not just as, this student in this class for these two hours a week or whatever it is. So when I think about my colleagues, um, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to think about. Yeah. That, oh yeah. I can see them being a good pair and that would be a good match. And, mm -hmm. um, and just the freedom to, to, to make a lot of choices. You, know, you have a lot more control as an SBL student. 
over how you spend your time. Um, so I think that would be good for their self-discipline as well, right? Having to learn, oh gosh, if I don't learn ways to organize and motivate myself, you know, that, that could be, I could be bad. I could waste a bunch of time. So that's things we all need to learn. And I think SBL approach gives them that, that freedom mixed with that really intense kind of caring presence from the adults that, that helps them be okay being who they are and be inspired to, to learn and grow and, and become even, even more themselves over time. Well, this is the perfect ending, you know, to become themselves all the time and to be themselves all the time. This is our aim. And thank you, Gary. It's always uh, beautiful to talk to you. And uh, today we went into this kind of topic and next time we will uh, talk about something else again. And if you find that uh, this is uh, resonating with you, then please reach out to us and we will have a conversation. Maybe this is the right uh, school setting also for your daughter or for your son. Thank you for listening. At School Beyond Limitations, we support our students find their unique essence. Feel free to share the content of this podcast with other parents. We are here to show that your children can indeed bring their unique essence into life. So, Reach out to us if you think that this is what you'd like your daughter, your son to experience or apply through our website. Also leave your comments, your questions or your review about the podcast. Share it with others. And as you know, sharing is caring.